Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education. I am still Brent Coley, your host, elementary principal in beautiful Southern California, where the weather has finally starting to shift into fall. It was like only 78 degrees today, so I'm, I'm not complaining, and I'm probably getting myself in trouble with our guest today. I am pleased to get to chat with Sam Fessich. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing great. I live in Pennsylvania, and it was very rainy today, so a 78 and sunny is spectacular. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I always whenever I talk with Pete, it's kind of like, just be quiet. Right? <sighs> You're going to make that before you even start. But it was really humid, so it was kind of muggy. So, oh, but, poor Brent. I feel yeah, so bad for you. It's supposed to rain tomorrow, I will tell everybody. So, But anyway, so Sam, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I, we've, we've tried to schedule. We had to reschedule a couple times. I'm excited about our chat today. But before we get started, for anybody who is not familiar, familiar with you and your work, give our listeners uh, a little insight. Who is... Sam Fessage. Wow, that's a question of the hour. So um, I'm Sam Fessage. I teach uh, pre-service teachers, uh, undergrads in Grove City, Pennsylvania, which is a little north of Pittsburgh, um, if you're familiar with that area. Uh, prior to that, I was a special education teacher for four years, uh, also in Pennsylvania. And I have the honor of raising up our next generation of teachers. I work with them every day and it's a fabulous, fabulous job. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, yeah, it's like teaching, We you argue, and not many people will argue against, against the idea that teachers is the most important job on the planet. And what you're doing is raising up those, that next generation of teachers. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, kind of be our topic. Every one of our episodes has a topic. And I'm kind of thinking today's topic will be investing in the teachers of tomorrow, because that's what you are doing. And I know very recently, you're very obviously passionate about it. This is what you do, but you recently wrote and published a book. Just briefly. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> right. How about that? Briefly tell us about EduMagic. Absolutely. Be happy to. Uh, so EduMagic is um, a book that is for pre-service teachers. Um, it helps walk them through how to become educators of excellence while in college. Because so often you hear, oh, I won't, you know, I won't need to use that until I'm a teacher or nobody cares what I have to say. I don't have any experience. I'm just a pre-service teacher. And you are never just a pre-service teacher. You're a professional educator. So you walk in that 8 a.m. classroom Monday morning, your freshman year. You're a professional educator and you need to, you know, uh, have that mindset shift because it doesn't start when you walk across graduation. You don't become magically a teacher. You've always been a teacher. So remembering that. But EduMagic stands for something. Love the acronym. My husband was there whenever I figured it out. The light bulb went up. I was like, oh, my gosh, Josh, look, it stands for something. And it was so cool. <laughs> but uh, So E is educate and engage. So how can pre-service teachers uh, be approaching their coursework uh, in a different way instead of, I need to know this for the test? How can I know this for my students' knowledge, my future students? How can I know this for life, you know, just to be a better educator uh, and the love for learning? Um, D is for digital presence, so owning that digital presence now and early as a pre-service teacher, uh, harnessing that through a digital portfolio, Googling, social media, um, those types of things. That wasn't around whenever I was an undergraduate student. Mm -hmm. um, U is Unite Your PLN, so getting connected to educators out there uh, that are that are 
rocking it. So uh, teachers and admins, um, so getting your tribe together early in your pre-service teacher career, because you're not always going to have your friends down the hall or your roommate to bounce ideas off of. So getting that global connection early. Um, M is for megapixels, and that's what my dad calls sprinkles. Um, so adding some, some jazzing up of your lesson plans, not just doing them because you're supposed to do a lesson plan for third grade math, but really jazzing it up um, for more than just professor to see. Um, a is for always being, and that's kind of like always my always be a good human type chapter. So be okay with failing forward, be humble, be gracious, be thankful. It's just some great teacher qualities. Uh, G is get out, and that's like in three different sections. So get out of the classroom. So like go to conferences, go to workshops, go to events. Uh, get out of your comfort zone, try something new. It's okay if you fail, you know, everybody does. Um, just try something new. And then get out of your regularly scheduled programming. So maybe try some independent studies or go travel abroad or something. Um, I, inconceivable, so using technology meaningfully into the meaningfully uh, in the classroom, integrating it so it engages students and not just one more thing that you add into your lesson. And then C, is, I really like the C chapters, co-op gone virtual. So oftentimes, like when we do field work, um, every college I feel is, is restricted by their geographic location. You can only go so far in a day to travel to a classroom and back and for your classes and things like that. But opening up the co-op experience to uh, teachers from around the world and learning from them, I think is so powerful. And it helps with students with their, with their networking. It helps give them authentic work um that they're doing in the classroom so it's a really fun uh really fun book and uh all throughout it is sprinkled in stories from pre-service teachers that hopefully will inspire and encourage others to be amazing gosh i love it i'm jotting down notes as you're as you're i, I got a little nervous <laughs> yeah, no you did well too i'm thinking like you remembered all all the acronym i mean <laughs> no hey, it's like i wrote the book it's like you wrote the book or something but that's just, this isn't just for pre-service teachers though. I'm jotting this down and I'm thinking, this is something. I mean, I taught for 15 right. years before moving into admin. This is something that I that I'm ready to read, and awesome. that I think my teachers can get something out of too. And I I just have to touch. I love how you said how you touched on. I'm not just a teacher. I wrote a blog post a few years ago about just as like the, the it's a four letter word and and when you because by definition whatever you put when you put just in front of something by definition you are minimizing what comes right. next so if you say i'm just a teacher you're saying the teacher's not that big a deal i'm just or you hear a lot i'm just an aide mm -hmm. i'm just an instructional aide i'm not the teacher i'm just an aide no 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 you're just teaching in a different capacity so I love that. I just had to put that Thanks. in there. Um, so, and, and I like too how I, I was thinking that because now how is it? Because in California, so is your teacher is the teacher preparation program is that part of kind of the under is the credential combined with the undergraduate degree back there? Back here in Pennsylvania, yes. <laughs> I mean, because in California, it's separate. We've got like oh. a. You do an undergraduate degree and then you would go back for a credential. So this, you could have your Yeah. The certification and the undergrad are combined. Um, okay. So like students can get certified pre-K four, pre-K four special ed, or pre-K eight special ed with elementary. We have middle level certification and then secondary. 
That's awesome. See, that yeah. that makes more sense <laughs> if you know mm -hmm. what you're wanting to do. Because out here in California, you can have a degree in anything and then go back oh. to get a, a, a multiple subject teaching credential or a single subject for high school. But it does make more sense to me that to start, like you said, what your book is about, start focusing on learning how to do this stuff now. Because if you wait mm -hmm. until student teaching or something like that, you're... Yeah you're kind of behind the eight ball. I mean, one of the most important things I remember learning in my undergraduate degree, I was I was a child development major, so I was taking classes that were having to do toward what I they were going toward what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. but it was a PE class. It was a it was a like how to teach PE class. Mm -hmm. And one of the most it's a, a small thing, but it's actually something I've never forgotten and I use it literally every single day it's never have your students look in the sun the teacher because we, we were outside all the time because she was yeah. we were doing a lot of kinesthetic activities and she said one of the the if you learn if you remember nothing else from what i'm telling you when you are outside with students and i now do it with adults in the front of the school in the morning when people are being dropped off she said never have your students look in the sun you always have to know where is the sun and position yourself so that you You've got the sunglasses on. Your kids don't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You right. look into the sun because if your kids are looking into the sun, they're squinting and they're more focused on, oh, my gosh, that sun is bright than whatever it is that you're saying. Mm -hmm. So, right. But that's not something that happened a few years before I, like you said, officially became a teacher. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so anyone listening, if you take nothing from this podcast, Never have your students look in the sun. And again, I always do that with parents. If I'm talking with somebody out front, where's the sun? Hey, let me go ahead and turn around. Not to mention it shows whoever you're talking to, you're aware of something like right. So right. And just an invaluable piece of, of advice. I, I don't even remember the professor's name, but I remember that. Remember and I that. literally used it every single day of my career. Every time That's I'm great. It just goes to show you never know what impact you have on somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, what you say, what you do, you're going to have an impact. You may never know that. Yeah. So the, the title of this podcast is called Teaching Tales. It's stories. And you said in your book you're telling stories and yep. people learn through stories. Do you have a story or two to share from maybe some of your pre-service teachers or maybe something that's impacted you when you were getting – certified sure so there's a whole a whole bunch of stories in each of the chapters but one of my favorites is from the unite your pln chapter and it's from a uh former student current friend of <laughs> uh, hannah turk who she was my teaching assistant uh for two years she was taking my class and before the class started it was going to be an online class so i wanted to meet with everybody face to face first to show them how show them the ropes of you know, how to use different things before we all went off for winter break to have our online class. So everyone's sitting around the table, you know, everyone's quiet with their hands folded, not really hands folded, but, uh, and Hannah comes in and was like, if you get me to like Twitter, that would be a miracle. Okay, so mind you, I was like my first semester teaching and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I was so nervous. Um, so it kind of broke the ice for everybody because I was like, what? What's all this about? Um, so uh, the class goes on online. Everything goes fine. Um, Hannah, you know, delves a little bit into Twitter. It's like, okay, it's all right, I guess. 
Um, fast forward a couple months later, back in uh, spring semester, she starts participating in Twitter chats. Like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm liking this. Wow. She participates in a statewide chat for the state that she would like to be certified in teaching. And she starts getting connections with people from that state, getting the inside scoop on different districts uh, and job openings. So through her connections on Twitter, she was able to apply to six jobs in that state and have her choice of which job she wanted because of her connections. And today she is now a co-moderator of NT2T, which is every Saturday morning. So she went from ugh, Twitter to, oh my gosh, this is so valuable and amazing. I can't believe I, I, you know, I didn't use it for all this time. And this was like during her junior, senior year. So now imagine if Hannah was a freshman and starting to build that network, building those connections and having that, how robust that would be. But she has been, because her connections on social media with administrators and teachers, she has been to um, Ed Camp of Department of Education um, in Washington, DC. She has, um, done the NT2T chat. She's done a couple of webinars for Kappa Delta Pi, which is a uh, international honorary for education. And so she has really, really embraced it and has has done amazing things with it. And just so lucky to know her and be like, oh my gosh, I know her. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool what one connection can, can do for you. Well, and, and now, I mean, I know that you are active, as am I, on Twitter. Can you imagine doing what you do, your job, without it? No, I use Twitter every day. Absolutely yeah. not. I can't teach without it. I mean, it's my go-to source for ideas, resources, sharing sharing um, stuff that you find online, asking questions like, hey, guys, I'm going to be teaching this. What do you think about uh, this idea? Um, and just a place where you can go and feel supported and encouraged and challenged. It's it's There's no other place like it. No, I, I say I've said so many times, and people who listen to this more than once, I've said this so many times. I've learned more from Twitter. I signed up in '09, so just under ten years. This is year twenty-three for me in education. I've learned more from Twitter than twenty-three years of combined organized professional development. And, and that's that, a strong statement. Yeah, and, and, and that's not a that's not a shot on the people no. that I've taken. That's, that just shows how much is out there. I mean, one of our teachers, I, I mean, your, your D for in the acronym of starting your digital presence, I love the fact that you're doing that with your undergrad students because, I mean, gosh, we see these horror stories of people who weren't necessarily responsible with their digital presence. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. That's what employers are looking at now Absolutely. And, and I've got a, I was one of those employers. One of my teachers, she separated herself from all of the other applicants because of her positive digital presence and her website. And, and, and when she sent her, her resume in, she's like, check this out. I mean, mm -hmm. check out. And I was able to go and see all the cool things she was doing with her class on Instagram. Right. And all right. the things. I mean, and it was like, oh my gosh. This is somebody I need. I need on our staff. Because, mm -hmm. it, it's because when you have an, an applicant pool and you're getting 150 applicants in five days, you need to separate wow. yourself, and that's right. you, that's how you do that. So, mm -hmm. and, right, you want to have that positive professional presence shown. I mean, putting your portfolio on your resume, maybe through a QR code or having the link there if it's digital, they can just click on it. It's so easy. 
and it does set you apart. I've had applicants that go in to do like mock or mock student teaching, mock teaching interview part of their of their interview. Yeah, that was a really weird sentence that I just said. But um, the super assistant superintendent will ask them like, will scroll through their Twitter feed and ask them specific questions about things that they posted or ideas that they had. Oh, tell me more. You you posted this thing about using Twitter in your classroom. What are some of the ideas that you have there? Um, so she can pull up her Twitter feed, like, oh, you know, look at all these these things that I've done. Um, and it it just it's a the digital portfolio. I always tell my students it's never going to be done. It's always a process um, and a product at the same time. But the important thing is that it shows your progress throughout your time at college um, and highlighting the amazing things that you're doing because pre-service teachers are doing amazing things and they need to showcase them. Just because they don't have 30 years teaching experience doesn't mean they don't have great ideas to share. No, oh, I love that. And I, and I so many times in going through my Twitter feed, I will see somebody who I do follow who has retweeted somebody who is just I saw on yours your Twitter feed today. You you had a picture of somebody who is like, "Hey, it's my first day of." Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, like, <laughs> a field experience. Then that's I mean, number one, that's inspiring. But sometimes it's just as simple as a, a positive quote, an encouraging, mm-hmm. an encouraging message or meme or something like that that yeah. a junior in college puts out there. Somebody retweets it, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, that's fantastic!" And the next thing you know. That's my quote of the day on the board that I have in our staff lounge that I try to put encouraging messages and stuff every single day. And I have teachers ask me all the time, where do you get all those quotes? Twitter. Every single one is on Twitter. Every That's single awesome. one. That's awesome. So, so you have another story? Because I'm hooked. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure. So, um, and one of the chapters, the uh, inconceivable chapter, so little shout out to Princess Bride there. I was like just going to say, fan, you know? I don't think that uh, word means what you think it means. Yeah, and I even write that in there. It's like, I think I got it right, but I don't know. You guys may have to be the judge of this. So um, I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> I think it means. So, uh, so I talk about how using technology meaningfully in the classroom. And one amazing story that a student did this was Katie Gibson. She was student teaching, I believe it was an elementary placement, uh, fourth or fifth grade, I can't remember exactly which one off the top of my head, but they were the story that they were doing was Number of the Stars. And it's a story about um, uh, a Holocaust survivor. And so she thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could Skype in a Holocaust survivor? Well, yeah, that would be really great. So she reached out to um, a local um, a local place that, that's, that supported uh, uh, education, um, through that, through that venue. And so she contacted them and like, oh, you know, we just can't get it to work out. So, oh, okay, bummer. So then she contacted someone in Denmark and was able to connect with a Holocaust survivor, had them Skype into these, let's say fifth grade class um, live after they read the book. And she, they, she was able to um, ask them questions and engage with these young learners and just bring the story to life, it's so much more real when you hear it from somebody else. So what's really interesting yeah. is, the, is the survivor had a similar story to the to the young woman in the in the book that they were reading, um, and then the students got to write thank you notes and send them over to her um, in Denmark, um, and it went so well that uh, the chair of our education department invited um, all of the fifth grade 
from uh, that school to come to our college auditorium and have her Skype in again and do the whole fifth grade now. And so that that's pretty amazing. That's meaningful, impactful. That's episodic learning. Students are going to remember that. Mm-hmm. And it's such a power for learning experience. It shows global connections on so many levels. And again, she was connected through social media. She had that fire to just try something new. And because it didn't work the first time, she didn't give up. She's like, oh, that won't work out. Let's just write a letter and you know do whatever. No, she persisted. She continued to try different avenues and it worked out. And it was a beautiful experience for those students. And I'm so glad she was able to do that. So that's, wow. that's another example. That's like the embodiment. As a pre-service teacher. As, yeah. On. I was just going to say the embodiment of the R of the SAMR model. Redef- I mean, something previously you could never mm-hmm. even thought of doing that. And as right. you said, as a as a pre as a pre service teacher, because I look back, I mean, I think back of and again in California, you did your undergraduate degree and then you did a credential program, and you had two semesters of student teaching. And in my first one, I remember going in. I was so green, I was Kermit the Frog. I mean, I <laughs> I, I I knew I want, but gosh, I was green. And at the end of that first semester. I remember even as a in my early 20s thinking, wow, I was green. I've come so far. And then again at the end of the second semester, looking back at the end of the first and thinking, I thought I was I thought I'd come a long way then. Like I was still green. Now I've really come f- I mean, it just just mi- not minimizing the impact that people who, who don't yet have their own classroom can have. Right. So powerful. What a great, what a great story about that. I mean, that, about that, that Skype call with, right. with the Holocaust. I mean, you can read the book, Number of the Stars. And I, I, I know of the book. I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's a good book, but do you mm-hmm. think, I mean, somebody going to remember that are those fifth graders going to remember? Yeah. We read number of the stars or are those fifth graders going to remember we talked with a Holocaust survivor. I can't say that. I can't never, say that either. I've never spoken with a Holocaust survivor. And I don't, most adults probably cannot say that, but those kids mm-hmm. will grow up to be adults who said I did. Right. Wow. I mean, right. meaning learning doesn't get much more to talk about rigor, relevance and engagement, totally engaged, totally relevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, she, she totally dropped the mic on that one. <laughs> That's which again, I always try whenever I'm talking with people in these episodes, I was like, what nugget can I, what would be the moral learn? I mean, for anybody listening to this, number one, as I'm looking at the, at your acronym again, it's like, that get out, get, get out, <laughs> of your, try something new right. that whether you've been teaching 10 minutes or 10 years, Try something new. I mean, whether it's a Google Hangout. I mean, the, the beautiful thing now is like authors. I read a book, uh, Arnie the Donut. You ever heard of Arnie the Donut? I haven't. Now I got to go look it up. <laughs> it's awesome. It's a picture book of a of a story uh, about a donut who does not realize that he was made to be eaten. Oh, poor Arnie. So yeah, and and the whole story, um, the whole story goes. I gotta, I'm going to, gosh, I know it's Lori. Now I have to look it up real quickly. Arnie the Donut. It's Lori, because I got to get, Lori Keller. When I read that book, 
I reached, I took picture because I read it. I went around the school and, and read the book to all of our classes. And some of the teachers were taking pictures and I, I put them out on Twitter and yeah. I tagged the author mm -hmm. who responded and said, Powerful. Oh, yes. And it's like, that is, that's the age in which we live now that, that yes. fifth grade teacher, if you're, if you're doing number the stars, I mean, doesn't have to be a Holocaust survivor. And I don't know if Lois Lowry, I don't know what her, <laughs> but tag the author. If your kids are making something right. out, tag the author because chances are he or she is going to respond to you because mm -hmm. that's how authors, that's like their fan club now. It's right. It's so absolutely. So I think that's, that's, cool. that's a practical way for if you're on Twitter and you're doing something with a book or something like that, tag the author. Yeah, send pictures of what you're doing with your class. Share it wide, share it far. And talk about how cool would that be to then come back the next day and put that tweet up on the board of when the author responded. Hey, mm -hmm. the author wrote it, read what you did, or that artwork you made, she looked at what you did. She read all mm -hmm. of your essays, she, and she said, wow, great job, Mr. Coley's class. Keep up the good work. Now they're going to want to continue doing that great work. Right. And it's more than just work that you're doing for your teacher. Now it's global. Now it's being shared with all kinds of people from around the world, yep. which makes it meaningful and impactful. Yeah, it's fabulous. Yeah. Rushton Hurley, amazing, amazing educator. Uh, one of his quotes that I always remember is, if your students are sharing their work with you, they want it to be, they, they want it to be good enough. If they're sharing it with the world, they want it to be good. Mm -hmm. True. And how often? Like, well, how many paragraphs does it have to be? How many sentences does it have to be? Uh, if they know the world's going to see it, they want it to be good. And so. That's more than the grade. Yep. Oh, amen to that. <laughs> episode on it for a different topic to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Sam, thank you so much for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. So Thank you. I'm honored to be on Teaching Tales. And I have to say, it reminds me of DuckTales every time I hear the title. I hear DuckTales. <laughs> and, and even yeah. the font on my thing is kind of a DuckTales font on the little, when I change it, it's like, I'm going to go with the little DuckTales. But uh, well, I, love it. I, totally, I totally appreciate you taking the time. And for anyone who, speaking of Twitter and speaking of connecting globally, digitally, sure. how could somebody uh, connect with you? Absolutely. So I'm on Twitter, Instagram, um, at sfesich, S-F-E-C-I-C-H, on both platforms. You can also check out my site, sfesich.com. I'm always happy to connect with whoever would like to connect with me. Yeah. Awesome. And your book, Magic, is available on your website. And mm -hmm. and I'm not even And getting... on Amazon. I mean, two-day shipping. How much easier can it get? How about <laughs> that? How about that? Well, I'm definitely going to be picking that up. Uh, awesome. And I totally appreciate it. And... Before we go, I just I usually make jokes about thanks for listening, mom and dad, and things like that. But I do need to give a shout out to a couple people. Sean Wisely, thank you, buddy. You are a loyal listener, and you and I forgot you last time, and I'm, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Sean, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you listening. And Pam Hernandez, thank you for listening. I appreciate your support. And for everybody else who I have forgotten about mom and dad haven't forgotten about you thank you for listening Corey orlando john ike thank you for listening um if you haven't yet subscribed be sure to subscribe remember we're in itunes google play we're on spotify now 
or you can listen straight on brentcoley.com. And until next time, Sam, thank you so much once again. And to everyone, you you got it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Till next time, have a good one.